Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with veteran Kansas City jazz guitarist Ron Carlson. He grew up in the country, and through a long journey with music, he landed with jazz and has been giving Kansas City the goods for some time. Over the course of our conversation, he spoke candidly about his latest album called Kind Folk, done in tribute to the great Kenny Wheeler and Charlie Hayden. It's a great listen. We also discussed the Kansas City jazz scene, his future album plans, and and much, much more. Please dig this interview, my friends. Hey, thanks for taking some time to talk with me. I appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate it, too. I'm just going to go ahead and dive in here and get an idea of what has been going on with you lately as far as gigs and any projects that are in the works. Well, I was part of a project called Kind Folk, which was just released here this past month. I really enjoyed working on that project. Around that time, we recorded additional tracks, and actually, since then, I have probably enough material for three more CDs. I'm doing some playing locally. I try to play once in a while, not get too busy, but play gigs with my friends and enjoy music. Kind Folk, is, it, it mentioned it was a tribute to uh, Kenny Wheeler and Charlie Hayden. Yes, no doubt. Both of those great artists passed away last year, 2014. And in the months following that was when this project idea emerged. And right around that time, I was touched by music by both of those folks. Kenny Wheeler is such a great player and arranger and composer. I was just starting to discover his music. And Charlie Hayden, of course, a legendary bass player um, who always played with such great melodic and musical sense. Right on. Give me, let me get a sense of where you grew Where did you grow up? Well, I was born in South Dakota, Brookings, South Dakota, but I grew up on a farm near there, um, you know, until, until I went off to college. So I grew up in the country. The houses were one mile apart, um, but I really enjoyed the outdoors at that time. It was a very relaxed way to grow up. Yeah, without a doubt. So what was it about your upbringing, love music, and more specifically jazz? Oh, well, you know, I think the first connection to music was through my mom. I remember just as a young child in the afternoon, she would would take a few minutes off in the afternoon to sit down at the piano and play. When she did, I could feel the sense of peace come over her and, and just fill the room. And that made a big impression upon me. And then, uh, I remember walking by the TV and seeing uh, the Nat King Cole show come on in the late afternoon. And he just had such a great presence. The camera would zoom in on his face and he'd say hi. And he just had the smile about him. And I just saw that he loved music. He just really enjoyed it. But the journey to jazz is kind of a long one. I went through rock and classical music before I kind of settled on jazz for most of my gigs. And so let me get into the evolution of your career up to this point. Give me kind of an idea of, you know, from when you started the guitar and kind of when you started getting gigs and got to a point where you're releasing an album. Oh, well, I I guess to take a couple minutes, go back to the beginning. I joined band in junior high, and I was selected to play the French horn, which is one of the most difficult instruments ever invented. Uh, so I was an average French horn player, but I got to hear, we had a really good band director named Bob King, and and he instilled a great sense of 
musicianship among the folks. Even though I wasn't taking lessons, I was self-taught on French horn. <laughs> As a teenager, then I picked up guitar. Um, I think the person that that really made me say I have to do this is uh, Jimi Hendrix, who changed electric guitar, but also the writings of Bob Dylan and other folk singers and pop music a- around that time. Then when I went off to college and switched to a music major, they didn't have a guitar major. I had just started playing flute, so I chose flute as my performance major. Um, but I really got drawn into flute and the beauty of the sound. And so I worked hard on it for about three years, did a senior recital and graduated with a degree and a performance major in flute, classical flute. Though I have to say, my great teacher, Ruth Royer, would often say, Ron, you're improvising. (laughs) The composer wrote. And I'd go, yeah, but if you change the color on this note, you know, it's not a classical sound, but it's got more uh, color to it, more intensity. And she'd go, yeah, that's fine. You can do that on your gigs. But for here, let's play it like this. Think think like a violin, long, sustained tones. But it really taught me a lot, and it really fed my guitar playing, uh, just the understanding of well-structured music, the importance of tone, form, the evolution of music, phrasing, breathing while you're playing. Um, so I think all guitarists would benefit by uh, being a singer or playing a wind instrument. So Absolutely. from college, I, I would play we'd play rock band gigs, um, but I'd also play electric bass because most of my friends were uh, trying to play Charlie Parker tunes and uh, Thelonious Monk tunes. So I'd play bass in those kinds of groups and let the horn players do all the heavy work. Um, then I kind of went through a long period of playing in, in church music. Uh, actually, I went to the University of Iowa to continue some graduate studies and studied electronic music as well. Heard lots of concerts, probably a 100 recitals a year. So I was listening to all kinds of music. And jazz hadn't really pulled me in yet. Um, and, and I performed in church worship teams for probably a good 20 years. But I got introduced or reintroduced to jazz through big bands. And after some education in big band literature and groups in town, I was drawn to small group again, where the guitar especially has more room and there's, uh, as an instrument to, to contribute and also the freedom in a small group to improvise and shape the tune. And there's some really great talent in Kansas City, really great talent. And having heard some of these guys play, uh, I started playing together with them. And that just fed my desire to continue down this path of trying to understand jazz, its tradition, and hopefully find my own voice. Absolutely. So as a part of the Kansas City Jazz scene, tell me what you like about it the most. Well, I, I like the high level of talent that is still friendly and supportive and not a competitive thing. It's there's you know, there're not enough gigs for everybody, but it's still not a cutthroat business here. 
um, my best friends are musicians. Um, and I try to support them. They're supportive of each other. The really good players understand that it's not a competition. It's much deeper than that. It's about playing music. And music is about extending your personality and and uh, trying to bring, bring songs that heal people, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. So from a historical sense, we obviously are in a cradle of one of the original hubs of jazz here. What's the most intriguing thing about the early days of jazz in Kansas City for you? Well, I I think it's it's connection to the um, the roots of jazz coming from so many different influences, including some historical Kansas City folks, and then of course culminating in the emergence of uh, and its connection to the to the bebop era. Um, I think it's interesting that this art. Uh, survived or grew or thrived or found gigs or found expression uh, during a time um, where there was there was maybe a lot of illicit activity uh, when when alcohol was illegal or um, it, as the country was going through different phases of philosophies that the music kind of thrived on the underside. And th- and thrived it did. It isn't, it, you know, it wasn't always there, but it's just interesting that the support for the arts for struggling musicians probably came from those venues, not something from top down from uh, academics or government. Yeah. So if you could go back in the old Kansas City days and see one act, who would you want to go see? Oh, well. Kansas City guys, it would have to be Charlie Parker. Yeah. Yeah. If you're broadening it out, I would say my other guys would be John Coltrane or Wes Montgomery. Yeah. And if you went back in time, you know, it'd probably be J.S. Bach or Beethoven or Mozart. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're New York guys, it would probably be, you know, Michael Brecker or Jim Hall spend time with those guys. Yeah, that'd be great. So let me ask you this. Why do you love jazz? Well, um, I th- I think at the core is because jazz to me is a genre that um, is emphasizes improvisation and not just improvisation, but at a very high level of sophistication. Music, I believe, is very spiritual language. There, it's. I don't know if you could find a person that says they don't like music. They don't. There isn't some kind of music that they love. And jazz, I think, is a genre. Not to put it into a box, but if we want to say it's a genre, I think you can say it's one that can be proud of its history and its survival, its tradition, and its relevance today. And I think it's relevant because. It continues to kind of push the boundaries, even of even of the diatonic harmony system. There are more great melodies and tunes to be discovered and written. And I think jazz, at the core for me, is a place where you can improvise and create create music. 
again, I think Bach sat down and created music. And in that sense, I think he was in that same spirit. But there are some great folks who could just walk up to a blank sheet of paper and create or compose on the spot great music. And yeah. that's something that I admire and respect. And, and that's why I'm hanging around. Yeah, cool. So you had mentioned that you have enough material off kind folk to fill up three more CDs. Give me a snapshot of what the future holds for you as far as recording and gigging and projects and, you know, just give me kind of an idea of what the future holds for you. Okay. Well, uh, this kind folk was was done when Rob Sheps was here on his twice-a-year visits to Kansas City area, and he brought with him a, a great baritone saxophone player and actually doubler named Roger Rosenberg. And so the band was built around that and those two and Bob Bowman, the great bassist Bob Bowman, and the talented young drummer Brian Stever and myself. So that was the core group. We had three singers involved. They showed up, did did great professional jobs, certainly delivered. Um, But during that same period of time, we recorded some arrangements of Brad Gregory's of some classic Wayne Shorter and Herbie Hancock uh, albums from the Soothsayer, Schizophrenia, and Herbie's Speak Like a Child. So I've got recordings of that stuff that need to be edited and mastered. And that will be kind of like a a modern throwback uh, to Blue Note recordings to to give some acknowledgement to Brad Gregory as not only as a player but as a as a great arranger as well. Then about six months later, this trombonist came along with with Rob to town. His name is Jason Jackson, and Jason's a wonderful trombonist in the New York area. He's playing with a Vanguard Jazz Orchestra. So we had essentially three more half-day sessions. And from that, we have another CD's worth, actually two CD's worth of of material that need to be gotten to. So therein lies my three discs. I have some original material I'd like to record. I would like to be involved in recording others, putting together groups specifically based on their personalities and their musicianship and just letting them play and getting them recorded. I've been studying recording technology here the past six months so I can better understand what engineers do, perhaps do some of the work myself, but I'll certainly leave it to professionals to master the end product and and make sure it's done correctly. I would like to work with local players. I I won't go into names right now, but they would be some of the well-known names and just allow them some time in the studio and just be there uh, to encourage that to happen and to see that it that it can happen for them. And I also would like to record with any other great jazz players that Rob Sheps brings through town in the future because he's, he's brought some great ones through in the last five years. Right on. And I noticed that you did the painting that's on the front of the uh, album cover. It, I did. I did that back in college, I guess. And I just happened to uh, want something that was a little bit abstract. I I have a quote there inside in the liner notes, but essentially it says, you know, out in nature in the in the in the wind and the waves and the sea and the surf and 
there's this uh, glorious sound, uh, way that sounds come together. And my hope is that musicians hope that when they get together, their music can blend the way things do in nature. Right on. So I have one more question for you, and it's this. Everybody has a perception of you. Your family does. Your friends do. Fellow musicians, those that you play for. But I want to know who you think you are. I hope that I'm a loyal friend. I'm a person with a rational mind and a rational approach, but also an artistic bent, hopefully with a gentle spirit. Um, I want to live my life with with hope and honesty and integrity and and, and and love others, certainly my family, my friends, but as much as possible. Uh, love and peace, man. That's that's <laughs> kind of sums it up. Right on. Perfect. Well, hey, Ron, thanks again for your time, and we'll keep in touch. Okay, congratulations on 300 shows. That's Thank absolutely you. awesome. And yeah. I, I really appreciate it, and on behalf of musicians in the audience, I just want to thank you personally for putting that effort and that devotion into capturing this and organizing this material so other people can become aware of it. Absolutely. Well, hey, thank you for the music. I am. I, I love you guys. You guys are some of the coolest. What I call the Jazz Jedi Council out there. So thank you for <laughs> thank you for what you do, and and we'll just keep this. Uh, we'll keep the jazz moving, man. Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in New York, Kansas City, and spots all over this world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Ron for his contribution to the thriving Kansas City scene and all that tasty music he gives us. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store or visit theneonjazz.blogspot.com for all things Neon Jazz. Until next time, enjoy the music, my friends. Neon Jazz.